And here we have the L in the diagram. That's you, the leader again. But before we diagram this, I want you to write three things up here. In the essence of time, I won't write them, but you capture them. The first thing we're going to write, now, we're gonna, now what we're working on here, we're segueing from the concept of the process. This is the concept. This is the concept God gave me for the process. But this is doing the concept in real time with real people on real issues for our real God. So this is what we're going to learn now is how to do it. We've had a lot of, lot of uh, prime in the pump here, but now we have to learn how to do it. And, ha and all of you've learned so far affects how you do it. So we had to get this far to get to this point. But this is how you apply what we've learned here. And, but we're still on process. We're still on process. And we're talking about teams. And the first thing I want you to write above, uh, not in the oval or near it, but up above there on the top, I want you to write, do not do it alone. The same thing you wrote on, back on page one or at the beginning of your book, do not do it alone. Do not work alone. God didn't create you to work alone. He didn't expect you to accomplish all that he's given you to do alone. He doesn't create us to live alone. He, builds, he creates us for relationship. So don't work alone. Second thing I want you to write up above there is fact-finding. Fact-finding. Because your job as a CEO or a, a CEO of a department or a CEO of a division, your job is to get the facts. Your job is to come to this table and get the facts so that you can direct the ministry into the future. Whether they be facts like 10 to 15% key indicators, the dashboard of your progress, your effectiveness in meeting the needs of God's people, that's the dashboard, the key indicators. You gotta have the facts. Everything starts with the facts. We're not just busy running from crisis to crisis. We're focused on the things that need attention, the gaps. And you wouldn't know the gaps unless you get the facts. So you're getting facts. You're sitting there getting the facts. You're prayed up because you're functioning like a leader. You're doing this. You're prayed up. You've had time to think. You've had time to think about the meeting before it started. What is it I want to achieve? What is it I want to communicate? What is it do I have to, that I have to cast? What is it that I have to re instill. What, what is the bottom line for this meeting today? As far as I know, now you're going to learn new things in the meeting because you're going to get new facts. You're going to get new information. But you're sitting there like this, not white knuckled, not frustrated, not all bent out of shape, stressed out, can't, couldn't, couldn't listen with your heart. Not much of a safe harbor the way you look. But you're relaxed, you're ready, and you're just sitting back on a fact-finding mission. That's, that's your posture, just like this. See, Pastor Corona there, just like this, just relaxed. And that's how he's running his meetings these days. That's why he loves it again. So, fact-finding. You're on a fact-finding mission so you can lead the ministry into the future.
That's your job, to provide direction. So you're, remember I told you here, it works like this. Not like a straight line, but it's like this. So you're evaluating here. You're in the meeting, you're evaluating. And then based on what you hear and sense, then you redirect and you keep the ministry focused. So we're, and anything that's wandering around the wilderness here, back online. Snap that baby, right back on target, and let's keep moving. And make sure we're moving. Okay, and the third thing you write up there is facing reality. Because now the facts are out on the table. You're not the only one who knows all the problems. It's not that we're dumping on people. We're just mature, intelligent people trying to build a ministry, and we have to look at the facts. And we all have to look at the facts. So that oval there represents the table you're sitting around. The arrows are your team, and they're pointing in. Why? Because they're going to be providing the facts. They're going to be answering the depth charge questions. They're going to be bringing you key indicators of progress. They're going to be, you're going to be obtaining, and therefore they're going to be providing evaluation so that you can redirect the ministry. Give them directives on new plans or new ideas we need, new innovation, or recommendations to the solutions, to the, uh, to the situations that we just identified. And then when they come back the next time, then you're going to approve it or redirect it. Coach them, redirect it, and continue to obtain evaluation. That's the process over and over again. Don't do it alone. Fact-finding and facing reality. Now they're facing the same reality you're facing. So now you're developing mini CEOs on your team who will then learn how to do this and develop other CEOs down line in the ministry. And the deeper we go, like the funnels here, or like the boxes over here, the deeper we go, see the mandate comes down from God, and we'll get to that when we get to planning, but the mandates come down to God, and here comes, then it comes down to here, and then it flows down to here. And so the deeper you build teams at this level, if you have just this one team, then we're working simultaneously. There's nobody to lead. They're, they're doers still. They're still doing the work of the ministry because they don't have anybody. The arrows here, remember they had to come over here to develop them? Well, they don't, they're developing them. They don't even have a team yet, or they have one or two. So they build their team. But if they don't have a team, they're just doers. So that means that every mandate God gives the ministry, it's being done sequentially. But when they can filter down to the, the, the next level team and then the next level team over time, over years, then you're going to be working simultaneously. If this is children's ministry here, the nursery, the toddlers, the kids this, the kids that, and super kids, they're all working on something at the same time. And then all during the year, they continue to work on it and continue to refine it and continue to perfect it based on the direction that you give. It's not like we do something once and then look at it again next year, evaluate it at the end of the year, and then see what we want to do differently. No, every time we meet, we're reinventing the ministry. We're reinventing the nursery, the kids this, the kids that, the toddlers. We're reinventing every aspect of the ministry every time the teams meet. Boy, then you, you're torqued, you're cranked. Things are happening. Are you getting this? 
Okay, so that's what we write up there. Now, in the center of the table, I'd like you to write IP equals O. What's that mean? Issues and problems turned into opportunities. Issues and problems turned into opportunities. And I gave you a jump start on that yesterday. I wrote them in here. A continuation of the scripture. Issues and problems turned into opportunities. So that's what we do here. We're just taking it off of the scripture. Facts, common sense, wise planning, recognizing the facts. Then you have an issue that you're staring at. Prioritizing them through common sense that presents the problems, the cause and the effect. And mobilizing a wise plan turns the issue into an opportunity. And it doesn't always have to be a negative issue, but more often than not, it's a challenge. It's something that needs, we're, we're trying to meet the needs of people. Any successful company out there that you would invest in, their primary mission is to find a need and meet it. That's how they become successful. If they can't find a need that people have, they're not going to have anything to produce or sell or make or teach. So they, they find a need, and then they meet it. And we're need meters. There's a lot of needy people that are coming, and we're only meeting 10 to 15% of the need here. So we're, our focus has to be on meeting needs and turning the, where we're not, turning those into opportunities. Okay, so IP equals O. Issues and problems turned into opportunities. So here's where you're reinventing your ministry, right here. Every time you meet, issues and problems turned into opportunities. So you're the L. The arrows are pointing in. They're your team. And now we have issues. The facts are out, and the issues, and the, the issues are on the table. And we have to discuss discuss the problems that those issues create and then we have to turn them into an opportunity so let me give you an example there was a company in California another company California they made uh, products out of canvas they made products out of uh, canvas like uh, awnings and uh, duffel bags and things like that and one of the guys on the team here one of the arrows the guy up there on the right he came to the meeting, honest man, honest man, came to the meeting and he said, I made a mistake. I have ordered, he's head of inventory control, purchasing. I've ordered buku too much canvas. We are way over canvassed, over inventoried, messed up. I don't know what he did, moved the decimal point too far to the right, something, but too much canvas. So that fact is now out on the table because of an honest person. We don't need people smoking us here, duping us, marginally deceiving us, and covering, you know, the whole, that we want the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And you know what they'll do? Let me just sneak this one in here. You, you just watch for this for a while. But they'll tell you that, well, we're just trying to protect your anointing. <laughs> That's why we didn't tell you everything. Yep, we're trying to protect your anointing. No, they're protecting something else. <laughs> so they, but we have to, have, so the truth is out on the table here. It, we got, we got buku too much canvas. That's the issue. Okay, now they're talking about what's the problem. And so the question out on the table, whether it's the leader who throws the question out on the table or one of the team, and more and more they're going to throw out the questions. Like, 
you don't even have to do it. They're going to say, well, what are we going to do about this? But the question gets out on the table. What are we going to do about it? Or let's look first. What is the problem? Second is what are we going to do about it? What's first? The prob- what's the problem? Well, the, problem, the issue is too much canvas. But the problem is that if we carry the canvas on the balance sheet at the end of the year, we're going to end up in the red. And if, that's, and if we ended up in the red, what effect is that going to have? We're all going to be fired. Guess what? Now they're motivated to change. They're facing reality. <laughs> they're going to change. So the, question, the next question then out on the table is, what are we going to do about this? Now, it doesn't always, this is not a brainstorming or a spirit storming session here. Sometimes you may want to do that. Certainly when they don't know how to do it, when they don't know how to innovate, spirit storm, and go through that whole process, you're going to have to teach them, and you're going to have to be there doing it with them and showing them how to do it so they can replicate it and do it with others. But eventually, you're not going to be doing that here. You're going to be providing direction, and you're going to be telling somebody, a point person, somebody who's going to be held accountable to turn this problem into an opportunity. But in this case, you know, we're, going to, we, we're all going to be, now they're motivated, we're all going to be fired if we don't turn this thing around. So what's the next question on the table? Get the idea how important questions are. Well, the next question on the table is, what are we going to make out of this stuff and sell it at a profit by the end of the year so we end in the black, right? And so they're kicking the thing around. And they're brainstorming, we spirit storming. Let's do it with God. He has the, he has the answers. So they're kicking the thing around and in the natural here, of course, company, secular company, but they're kicking the thing around, and this guy down here says, why don't we make pants? Let's make pants out of that stuff. And I'm sure the rest of them around the table snickered or laughed out loud or said, you know, (laughs) what a bozo, you know? They make pants out of cotton or wool or some blend. You know, that's really stupid. And as a, you see the L here? You're the facilitator of this meeting. What does that mean, facilitate? It means it comes, it, stems, it comes from the stem word to make facile, to make easy. Easy for people to contribute. Easy for people to say what they see and think and feel. Easy for people to offer ideas. Easy for people to create and innovate and solve. This, this, is, a, this is that kind of a laboratory here we're working on right here. Your job is to just make sure it happens. Your job isn't to figure out the answers. They figure out the answers. Answers come up. Questions come down. So they're kicking this thing. He said, make pants out of it. You don't, you, so you don't let people sty- stymie or disrupt the creative process is what I'm saying here. So you don't let that kind of stuff happen. We, we respect one another. There's no dumb ideas in here. Everybody has a safe harbor to express what they see and think. And this guy, make pants out of it. And that was the beginning of the Levi Corporation. The Levi Corporation. Some rinky-dink canvas company in California became a household name. I can go to Zambia and they understand that you, can, that you wear what Levi is. They don't understand it at Bermuda Run Country Club yet, but they <laughs> do. <laughs> but they're getting the hang of it. Pastor t- did a little teaching last night and got us... Yeah, but it's a household name all over the world, Levi Corporation. That's what I want you to see, guys. Issues are good. 
But when you're so stressed out and maxed out and anxious and we got all this stuff happening here, the things you told me yesterday, all those D words, you're not interested in any more issues. But that's your job. You want to get all the issues you can get because every issue represents an opportunity to reinvent your ministry and take it to a whole other level. Every time there's an issue. But you're going, I, I can't take anymore. I can't stand it. And they 22,000 quit because they don't know what to do with them all. It's painful. This is fun. You don't like to go to meetings that are like the old stuff, the maintenance stuff. Question. You, get, you go there and get asked 39 questions. It's whipped, it, pull, it, 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 may, it rips the anointing right out of you. It, it makes spiritual withdrawals all, all the whole meeting, just whipping you out. No, this is how you have to function like this. Levi Corporation, household name, reinvent. This is how you reinvent your ministry every day. Get as many issues out on the table as you can. We're going to look at issues here in a minute. Problems. Then you apply common sense to them, and then you appoint somebody to turn it into an opportunity. That's it. That's your job. That, that you've done your job. You're done until they come back with the plan, and then you review it. You ask the tough questions. Why do you think this is going to work? What about this? Let's like they did with us. Remember the million and a half guys? What were they asking? Two key questions. What, what could go wrong here? So when you're going to approve the stuff they bring back, what could go wrong? What could not work? What could hurt us if I approve this? And then the next question was, what can we learn from every situation? So we get some ugly stuff copping out here, and all we got to do is learn from it and turn it into an opportunity. Here sat Bill Gates. Right here, next illustration. But here sat Bill Gates, Microsoft, 30 years ago about. Another case study from Harvard or Wharton or any, any Stanford case study. They, they, they all have this one, I'm sure. Bill Gates sat here. He's the L. And first of all, he, he was thinking, you know, I'm thinking about packing it in. I'm, I'm the richest guy in America already. And, you know, do I want to keep doing this or do I want to do something else with my life? He said, no, I, I, this is still fun for me. I want to keep doing it. Then the next question he had, as he's thinking, thinking, he's thinking, and he's saying, I wonder whether they're thinking about what I'm thinking, because they're all pretty rich too. So he said, I better find out. So he comes to the table one day, and he says, hey, you guys still want to keep moving? Are you, I mean, you're pretty rich. You're thinking about cashing in your chips, or are you still with me? You say, oh, well, I can't ask my people that. What if they say, no, I'm not with you, Pastor? <laughs> well, it's good to find it out now. What are we going to wait? What are we waiting for? A couple more months of dysfunction and disaster? So he's, are you, they said, yeah, we're with you. Let's go. So it's good to ask your people that. Hey, they show up late. A couple of people don't have the assignment done on time, or they look half asleep. Hey, are you, hey guys, are you with me? You don't look like it, you know? Get your face into action here. Because it, it doesn't look like you're, it doesn't, you're not, that's a good thing to do. Okay, but then the main question he asked is, okay, we're going to do it. What are we going to do? What's the next iteration of Microsoft? What's the next iteration of Happy Valley Fellowship or the children's ministry or the youth? What's the next iteration? That's what we're sitting here working on. We're building. We're not maintaining. We're building. This is the building meeting. You call it that. And make sure they understand that, the people on the team. We're builders. We're, we have the character of God 
And we display it first and foremost because we're the A-team. So we're creators, innovators, builders, enlargers, expanders for God. That's what we do here. And the micro flows downhill from here. And at this meeting, I said this yesterday, but it's coming up. The, the, today's macro needs to become tomorrow's micro. That's how we know we're building. That's how we know we're growing. That's how we know we're advancing. Okay, so Bill Gates, he's saying they're, they're kicking around the next iteration of my, and they're throwing out input. He's playing his cards last. Remember I told you that yesterday? You play your cards last, particularly at the beginning because they're going to be watching you. They're going to want to know what's safe to say. So we get over that hurdle. Keep playing your cards last no matter what. You ask the questions and you get them to respond before you do. In, in as many cases as you can. Eventually, you do have to respond if, they, if there's something that needs to be put on the table that they haven't offered. But he said, so what's the next iteration? They're kicking the thing around, and at one point, he played his card, and he said, I don't really, 30 years ago, I don't really believe that the Internet's going to have that big of an impact on Microsoft. Yeah, Dollar Bill, the genius from the garage. We're, that's what Proverbs is trying to tell us. You're not a genius every time out. God may give you some witty ideas, but you don't have, you don't know, that's why he has people with you on the team. And I, we did a thing in the advanced training once, and we looked at all the geniuses that are idiots today. And I, I pointed to, to one situation earlier. So he said, I don't think the Internet, and they said, oh, you're missing it, Bill. And here's why, remember the why? Otherwise, they didn't stare at him and say, you're wrong. They told him why. Why? And he said, wow, I didn't see that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I didn't see it. See, we're not right all the time. That's why, you, that's why we read all the Proverbs yesterday. That's why you need all those things over there on the far left. Wisdom, counsel, understanding, and knowledge. Okay, here sat the current, uh, the, the, the co-founder of Digital, and the current CEO of Digital, and he's sitting here with his executive leadership team, the top guys building a ministry or a company in this case. And he's sitting here, and the same question, what's the next iteration of Digital? Digital made big mainframe computers, you know, like this thing. Mainframe computers, Digital Corporation. They were the, they jockeyed with the limited, where I was, for the hottest stock in America in the early 80s. They were, they were ripping. They were building these big mainframe computers. People were buying them like crazy, putting them in corporations. They're kicking around the next iteration. And these guys are talking to him about, you know, they're going to network PCs. It's coming. It's coming. We've seen the research. We've been close to it. They're closer to it than he was. They said, we can, so they're closer to the facts. They said, they're going to network PCs. They're going to put them in companies. They're going to put them in schools. They're going to have them in churches and libraries. They're going to homes. They're going to be networked. And they're not going to need big mainframes like we're producing. So they, they offered that information. They offered that information. And he said, humbug, we're making mainframes. Wrong call. Wrong answer. They don't even exist today. They were bought out by Compact in a fire sale. They don't even, you younger people never even heard of them. Some of us remember. But they don't even exist today. See, you're still going to make the call. You're still in charge. 
you're, you're, still, you're still totally responsible. You're just not doing everything for everybody. But you're still responsible. Now, the one advantage you have over that guy is that you can go to God, like Met Jethro told you in your homework assignment. Go to God with the macro issues. But you're going to God with all the facts so he can speak to you. Because we're blind to things. I'm blind to things, have been blind in my life. But Carol sees things that I don't see because I'm blind to them. I haven't had that experience. I haven't had that education. I haven't, I haven't discerned this like she did. I'd <laughs> I was thinking about what I said, we, our first date in New York, you know, blind date. But now I see, boy, I <laughs> what a blessing. And we're, you're blessed by your helpmate. You're blessed by these people, these arrows around the team. These are a blessing. Build a partnership and relationship with them. You're still in charge, though. You're still the leader. You're still the leader. This is a process, but you're still in charge. You have to make the final call. He made the wrong call. Not good. Okay, so those are some case studies of how this thing works in out there and how it should work in here and how it does work in here. And this is where you get freed up and this is where people grow and develop and this is where you survive. Now, what are the two key things for a meeting? What are the two most important things? Frequency and quality. <laughs> 